on today's show, Season 4, Episode 7, Addiction. I talk about a very serious topic, the topic of addiction. Coming up on your favorite podcast show, Cup of Dow, starting right now. You're listening to Cup of Dow with your host, Chris L. McClish. Chris is a man with many roles, many journeys, and one spirit. Hey friend, how are you? I'm back. I don't know where to start with today's topic. There's so much to say. I see addiction as being a spectrum disorder in some ways. In other ways, it's one of those things that once you cross a certain line, it's difficult to go back into being a casual user or whatever the addiction is. Any addiction can be serious and impact multiple aspects of one's life in tragic ways. So I don't want to implicate a certain addiction as being worse than another one. You have things like addiction to phones, technology, internet, gambling, alcohol, drugs, sexual behaviors, food, thrill-seeking behaviors, the list goes on. I have spent a great deal of my mental health career dealing with addictions. My current career in law enforcement exposes me as well. I've had relatives with chemical addictions, too. You have many models for addiction, with some seeing it as being an illness, and some seeing it more as a choice-type behavior. So what is addiction in the simplest sense? The biggest sign that I see of having an addiction above how often, how much, etc., is the aspect of using despite multiple negative consequences. These can be social, physical, legal, and even emotional, with things like shutting others out and changing life patterns in order to support the addiction. So, continuing behaviors despite multiple negative consequences may even mean continuing the destructive behaviors despite someone who has the addict's best interest at heart telling him or her to change. Also, the addict may not see the behavior as being destructive or may minimize it. At some point, the priority for the addict becomes the thing that he or she is addicted to. I mean, one might say, well, my family comes first, or God comes first, or my health. But what does the addict's behavior show that comes first? The object of addiction becomes primary. You neglect your family, your beliefs, you go against things that are important to you, and your life revolves around it. We often think of addiction in terms of behaviors, but there's a thought component as well. So the addict's mind tells the person things that often justify continued engagement in the addictive behavior. I will change later. I know people worse than me. I've been able to do this before and have no problems. Others are overreacting. 
I will stop once this happens or once that happens. There is not a one-size-fits-all formula for family or loved ones in order to deal with helping the addict. I've seen family members take out all of their retirement for the most expensive treatment there is, only to have the addict get out and then revert back to destructive behavior a few days later. Some family disengage to be able to handle a possible, inevitable, bad outcome. Other family or loved ones feel it's important to do some actions to try to get the addict to change to avoid feelings of guilt later for not having done enough. And then there's rescuing and enabling that occur. We love the addict, so as family members we try to rescue them from horrible consequences. So enabling behaviors are behaviors to try to help the addict out in hopes that he or she will change. But these behaviors may unintentionally result in the behavior continuing on because the addict has been rescued from the consequences he or she may need to face or eventually will face at some point. There is also the idea of hitting rock bottom before some addicts change. The only problem is, sometimes rock bottom is death. And how do you not rescue someone if you know that he or she may become uh, homeless or have to face something that may lead to worse consequences and may make the addiction even worse than if you wouldn't have stepped in and tried to rescue them? So there's no guarantees either way. Sometimes family members are in denial, too in denial of the seriousness of the issue, maybe. Or maybe the addict knows how bad things are, but doesn't want to realize that, or keeps from admitting to himself or herself what he or she knows deep down inside. Same thing goes for family. There's always hope as long as someone's breathing. Watching an addict fall into a spiral can be very painful. It can also take a toll on loved ones, which is why I often tell family members and people close to the addict to make sure that they have their own support system available to help them. Sometimes the only answer is acceptance. You knew there was going to be a Taoism connection here, didn't you? Right? Knowing that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Instead of blame, shame, or trying to control the addict's behavior, sometimes you must simply be there at arm's distance away to support any positive changes you see, but not reach your hand in too far as to not let the addict pull you down with him or her. Does that make sense? I do not see addicts as bad people. I know of many good people with addictions. It is powerful. I do find myself viewing it in terms of an illness. I've seen those people cry when they were told that their liver's failing and promising themselves and others of change. I've seen people cry when they told that their spouse is leaving them or when their family walks away, only to see the person back later in the ER or in treatment. Is this really a habit? 
If you were told you're going to die, if you keep biting your nails, I guarantee you would stop. But there's something more powerful going on here. Something powerful enough to risk health, family, and everything important to a person. It keeps pulling the addict down and back into a cycle of destruction. I know anger can't be helped sometimes, but pay attention to compassion. If you or someone that you care about is battling with an addiction, remember what I said here in this episode. But also remember that you need to consult with a professional. As the purpose here of this podcast episode is not to treat a condition and not to give psychiatric advice or any sort of professional advice for that matter. Hang in there. So in the latest listener mail, I've got some rather unusual emails. Some of them ask questions about, um, well, criticizing the way I pronounce things, especially um, Chinese words. Why do you pronounce things sometimes incorrectly and then other times correctly? Sometimes I will go with the English spelling of something. I usually don't go that do that with Tao, but I've done that with other terms. Um, it's just kind of a habit. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't really know. Um, yeah, sometimes I say things incorrectly because a, I'm not Chinese and, um, I might not get the pronunciation exactly right, but there other times I do pronounce things both in the phonetic English sense of how it's written. And then other times I'll pronounce it the right way. I really don't have an answer to that. Uh, some of you felt like I was being too um, negative last episode. I was talking about Indian Cup of Dow. I was talking about my diabetes diagnosis. I will admit um, I'm doing better with it right now. I'm eating healthier. I'm making healthier food choices and um, trying to get out and walk. Since where I'm at right now, the weather's better. So I I guess it's kind of a... The diabetes diagnosis is kind of a good thing in a way because it kind of provided awakening to me that I need to really watch my my health. So, and some of you um, empathized with that, and thank you for that. So, uh, really, I don't have much else this week. I hope you're doing good. I'm not really. Um, sure how many more episodes there will be or maybe i'll come back um and do a whole bunch of episodes who knows we'll just have to wait and see where things go i kind of ride the wind and go where it takes me how about you be sure and purchase my book accepting life on life's terms Taoist psychology for today's uncertain times if you love this podcast you'll love the book Look for the book wherever you buy books. Available in written and digital format. Don't forget to subscribe to my show in your podcast player app or to the RSS feed. You can find my email address, contact information, a disclaimer, and more information in the show notes. So please check those out. Hey, that's all for today's show. I will see you next time. May peace and love be with you. Thank you for listening. Bye.
Thanks for listening. Have a good day. This podcast is a Coach CMC production.